0: Order are everybody, all right? Ready. Okay. Welcome everyone to this special meeting. On oh no, my computer <laughs> doesn't know what today is. <laughs> Tuesday, June twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. We're going to do things a little out of order than usually. We will go ahead and approve the agenda. Do I have any motions to approve the agenda? So moved. Second. I have a first and a second. All those in favor? Aye. All right that passes five to zero. Then we will move into our executive session. And then for the purposes of the public, we'll have our announcements and explanation of how the meeting runs when we return from our executive session. So do I have any motions?
1: I would move that we recess into executive session for approximately 45 minutes to discuss privileged legal communications from the city's attorneys regarding state statutes pursuant to KSA 754319 B2. Justification for the executive session is to keep attorney-client privilege matters confidential at this time. The City Commission will resume its regular meeting in the City Commission room at approximately 546 after the executive session is concluded.
2: Second.
0: I have a first and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 That passes 5 to 0. We'll return at 546.
3: You guys okay? Yeah, more
0: seconds. Kurt, are we good? Yes. Porter, I got a thumbs up here. Okay. What is this thing? Uh, Welcome everyone again to the Tuesday, June twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, special meeting of the City Commission um we have just returned from an executive session we have nothing to report uh we didn't do our normal announcements at the beginning so that um the public joining us would have that opportunity to know the kind of parameters so with that i will allow porter to just sorry that's my timer for our meeting (laughs) uh allow porter to explain those
4: that's me
2: Uh, Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, everyone. I just have a few housekeeping items for this Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting unless you are speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen you will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating in the meeting, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to Mayor Shipley.
0: Thank you very much. Um, then we'll let um, Sherry Reedman give us some um, points about um, public comment. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, when the mayor calls for in-person public comment, individuals, attending in person should approach the podium to indicate they wish to speak. The podium can be raised and lowered, and we encourage you to use this feature to ensure your comments are heard. Please remember to state your name before speaking. Individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. When you are called on, please unmute and state your name. All comments will be limited to three minutes um wow well, all that being said <laughs> we do not have a general public comment uh, listed on this meeting um so we will uh, move on to regular agenda items um and i believe that will be given to us by staff
4: good evening mayor and commissioners uh, this is zach Friedel, assistant city attorney So we're here this evening for an update with an emergency first and second reading to Ordinance 9920. As you recall, this ordinance was presented in its original form view on June 14th. The ordinance is a response to state law, House Bill 2717, aimed at sanctuary cities or welcoming cities. At the June 14th uh, meeting, members of the community expressed concern about the ordinance and asked for a chance for an immigration attorney to review the language and for the group to provide feedback the commission agreed and following your direction I met with representatives from Sanctuary Alliance twice since the June 14th meeting I uh, want to express gratitude thank uh, them very much for their time and thought that they put into the feedback that they provided uh, as, as volunteers and um, and all the response that they gave to me so I met first on July 20 or excuse me June 23rd to her, hear their feedback and input that they provided from an immigration expert The representatives agreed that the language that was stricken in the original ordinance uh, should remain stricken, but they had some suggestions of additions to make, and I was able to include most of those in the ordinance that I'll I'll talk through with you. Uh, I met with them again on on June 24th to present the updated ordinance, and they agreed with the suggestions that were made at that time. So I'll walk you through the changes. Uh, In section one, subsection F, there was a request to reiterate the city's commitment to the fourth amendment of the United States Constitution. Um, There was another request to add some reassurances that the city is not adding additional requirements or burdens regarding citizenship or immigration. The language that was added was, except as required by law, nothing in this article requires an employee or department of the city to request or document the immigration status of an individual. As you can see, language to that effect was added in several sections, including in section two, subsection A2A, A, setting such languages to be inserted in the Lawrence Police Department policy. It's also added in subsection C1 regarding Lawrence Municipal Court, subsection H2 regarding human resources. So those kind of assurances were put in place that although we were striking some prohibitions in the language of uh, city code, we're not at the same time creating any new requirements uh, for documentation of immigration status of individuals. Um, For your information, there were two other communities that had similar ordinances uh, in effect when this House bill was passed. They're the Wyandotte County and Roland Park, and both of those communities have since amended their ordinances. Uh, we believe this ordinance would bring city code in compliance with House Bill, and it's uh, the recommendation recommendation of city staff to pass the ordinance. Uh, this is somewhat different in that this is an emergency first and second reading. Um, as you know, ordinances typically have two readings, but in order to meet the deadline of July 1st and to uh, meet the publication requirements of this ordinance, uh, if if you wish to pass the ordinance tonight, we recommend an emergency first and second reading. I'd be happy to answer any questions.
3: any any further questions for staff? Mm-hmm. Um. all right
0: um let's um uh, well let's i'm not sure that they're all the way ready but uh Let's make sure we have um, our, our community partners come up and speak, if they can.
3: Remember our with legal Yeah. Yeah.
5: What happens is start, um,
3: and then uh, we might just change a bit life, right? Sure. <laughs> My face is a little bit less blocked. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs>
6: Good evening, city commissioners. My name is Lacey Rowe, and I've been a member of Sanctuary Alliance since 2019. I am proud to be a part of this group, and I'm proud of the collaborative efforts that led the city of Lawrence to pass an ordinance to ensure that all members of of this community could feel welcome and valued regardless of immigration status. The goals of Sanctuary Alliance remain the same. Just under 9% of Lawrence residents were born outside of the US. As a welcoming and inclusive community, our goal has been to uphold values of compassion and safety. Our goal has, to, has been to ensure that the city of Lawrence, our home, followed up on its claim of being a welcoming city with codified policies, as opposed to proclamations which have no legal bearing or little-known practices which offer limited assurance. The legal and practical rationales for implementing immigrant protective policies include to maintain local control over criminal justice, to prevent unlawful arrests, to ensure equal protection of the law, um, to strengthen community trust, to promote diversity and inclusivity, and to distance ourselves from unethical federal immigration policies that harm communities. As a group that advocates on behalf of our community members, we have worked to dispel harmful myths, to raise awareness, to protect human rights, and to to promote progress and prevent regression. We'd like to take this opportunity to remind everyone of why we're here. We know that the policies that our city adopted do not obstruct federal immigration law. Instead, sanctuary policies protect local jurisdictions from numerous liabilities. As stated before, local police cannot legally arrest or detain someone for a civil violation of immigration law. Local police can only arrest or detain someone based on a criminal offense. We know that immigrant populations are not more likely to commit crimes than the native-born population, and that higher immigrant populations can often correlate with lower crime rates. Undocumented immigrants also have strong incentives to avoid criminal involvement for fear of deportation. We also know that undocumented immigrants contribute more to the economy and tax revenues than they receive in benefits. The majority of those held in ICE detention have no criminal records. Despite this, the cost of immigration enforcement has nearly tripled since 2003, costing taxpayers $8.3 billion annually, much of which goes to increasing the agency's ability to hold immigrants in detention. And finally, we know that our community can do better. Our community is not required to participate in these harmful practices. Thank you.
7: Good evening. I'm Jordan Bickford, a member of Sanctuary Alliance. HB 2717 was introduced on February 22, 2022 and was signed 49 days later by Governor Kelly on April 11, 2022. 65 days later on June 14th, an amendment to ordinance 9736 was presented to this commission on a consent agenda. Sanctuary Alliance requested it be removed for discussion and further consideration. Here we are 127 days after the introduction of HB 2717, To review amendments to an ordinance our community worked years to pass and which was needed for decades before that. The community deserves more protections, but instead we are here to remove protections we enacted. This has been a hasty initiative by the state government to strip protections from some of the most vulnerable individuals across our state and in our community and to support federal immigration practices, which our community has fought and acted against. The amendment to the ordinance presented today is being made to comply with a law, which is not yet even in effect. We are acting in the place of the state and in the place of the federal government against our values and against the will of our community. There are two cited consequences of having this ordinance on our books. First, if the ordinance violates the bill, it would be null and void. Second, the attorney general may bring an action to compel compliance with the bill. This ordinance would then be brought to a court review to determine whether or not our ordinance violates the bill. The consequence of the court finding our ordinance to be in violation of the bill would be that we would be enjoined to comply. At that time, we would be required to do the work that we are doing here today. We are acting preemptively to enact changes to reflect the values of state representatives who do not reflect the values of our community. The risks to maintaining the protections included in our ordinance do not include penalties or fines. It is a political risk, a risk to standing up to a state law that is in conflict with our values, but also a risk to drawing attention to a community that is already at risk. We are engaging in this work today to preserve the protections we can. This bill was passed quickly, has not had time to be thoroughly analyzed and reviewed, and we do not know what would be required to be in compliance upon a possible state court review. Recent history has shown and continues to show that the rights and protections we work decades to secure can be taken in a moment. Laws and governments can remove human protections, dismantle civil rights, and deny human dignity. Laws and governments are not infallible, and they deserve diligent scrutiny. And it is our responsibility to stand against them when we know that they are wrong. Thank you.
8: I need one of these at my house. This is top tier home office stuff. Hey, I'm Alex Kimball-Williams. Um, I've been a member of Sanctuary Alliance since it got started. Uh, we're di- we're a diverse group of uh, mixed backgrounds, academic. I'm more of a researcher, activist. We have organizers and obviously uh, wonderful legal specialists. Um, so um, I've, I've been so proud to be part of this group and proud of the work that we had done um, obviously previously in enacting sanctuary policies in 2020. Um, like Jordan was saying, it's it's really ashamed that these things can be uh, taken down so quickly. And then the timeline that we were given was so rushed. And we, we obviously have limited time in different public comments. And so the piece I was going to focus on um, was a little bit about the police policy. Obviously, that's the next step and what we're going to be working on next. Um, so I don't like presenting information like this as in what does it do for other unaffected people, but uh, leaving room for racial profiling does affect all black and brown people in our community. Um, It's not just limited to people um, who are non-native citizens or undocumented or mixed status families. Um, Law enforcement, um, allowing them to inquire into citizenship solely based on suspicion, uh, racial profiling assumptions, um, endangers any member of our community. And so that deserves a lot of our attention, um, especially when we work next on the police policy. Um, It's our responsibility to make sure that local law enforcement resources are staying within our community and that they're curated to fit what our community actually needs. Um, Like Lacey was mentioning, uh, sanctuary communities are safer, it's evidenced. Uh, People feel more comfortable going to law enforcement with information that they may have. They feel more comfortable calling law law enforcement when they need to. And uh, communities that have anti-sanctuary policies are less safe um, in comparison. And so just thinking about what our community actually needs. Um, what was important to our community versus what's important to the state and federal um, agendas as well. Uh, You know, just a a reminder that a lot of this was catalyzed by past mistakes of our local police uh, responding to a situation that did involve ICE, and a lot of the community trust was broken at that time. And a lot of our early work was in reestablishing that, uh, putting things into practice that would help to reestablish that. Um, And I think it's going to be our work going forward to make sure that we're continuing to work together um, with our expertise that our group brings and also input from the community um, to make sure that we're continuing to foster that trust. To make sure that um, you know people feel feel comfortable coming to the police um, when needed, um, also to protect our um, our community members who absolutely add to our community. Um, you know they absolutely add to our local economy. And um, sorry, having a mom brain moment. Um, Uh, The last thing that I'll mention really quick, um, as I know my time is about to run out, is the importance of the Fourth Amendment constitutional rights, um, the rights of individuals to um, not be uh, unreasonably searched or seized, um, and anti sanctuary policies uh, directly endanger that. So thank you very much.
9: Good evening.
0: Excuse me, are you with this group?
9: I'm sorry, no, no.
0: Okay, we'll have public comment here in a minute. I want to be sure that our presenters get their time.
5: Um, Second, last one. (laughs) Sorry, there's a lot of baby drool in this hair right now. Hi, my name is Marianne Ferredo. I am a, a member of Sanctuary Alliance. As my fellow Sanctuary Alliance members have expressed, we did not arrive at this point without lack of community input, advocacy, transparency, expert research, and a desire to see safety not only in best practices, but codified into law that will protect beyond our time. Though we've had to take a step back, we want to continue the original goals of sanctuary policy. We want to preserve as much of the work as we've done. We see the collaboration with the city and police as an asset to that preservation of safety and we'll continue to work with you and hold you accountable as we do with our own work. Though we fall under a new state law that intends to cause harm to racist and xenophobic ideology, we the people do not adhere nor do we abide. We have the right and the privilege to come before you today as representatives of our community and we fight for what hundreds of community members have asked for. Forward movement requires courage. Forward movement requires risk. Forward movement requires doing what we can to uplift those that are most marginalized while holding ourselves accountable and transparent through the entire process. This work is far from over and we will not stop after today. We will continue to find ways to protect the undocumented community from violence of the federal government now condoned by the state. We will ensure our elected officials, the police department and city staff will not violate constitutional rights and not aid in harmful practices when they do not have the authority nor the agency to assist. We will continue to draw the line between criminal and civil offenses. Lawrence will always be welcoming because community members will always fight to be welcoming, regardless of how our representation decides to move. We believe this group was created by people power, and that is what radical movements need in order to change and challenge systematic injustices. We need you as commissioners to assess the risk. If it's political, we ask you to think about who you truly represent and remind yourselves we will remember what and who you fight for. Thank you.
0: Thank you all. Um, Are there any questions for, for the members of Central? Go ahead.
3: Oh, good.
10: Are you there, Maureen? Yes, hi. Um, Good evening, I'm Maureen, a member of Sanctuary Alliance. Um, A recent study of Kansas immigrants found fear and anxiety have been amplified as a result of the increased power of ICE. These immigrants often felt their legal status could be challenged at any time. Their families separated and their dreams crushed. This study further found this fear keeps immigrants from engaging with institutions in the broader society with critical consequences for their future and their children's life chances, regardless of whether their children are US citizens. This fear of engagement is understandable. ICE strategies include impersonating police officers, potential employers, and everyday citizens. Greater involvement of local police, as Alex said, in immigration enforcement has significantly heightened the fears that many immigrants have of police. Research consistently shows that residents associate their police with immigration enforcement. Then the fear of getting deported or losing a loved one could prevent immigrants and people in mixed status families from reporting crimes or coming forward as witnesses. And this not only inhibits the ability of our police to investigate the crimes that fall under their jurisdiction, but it also diminishes public safety. Organizations working with domestic Mm violence survivors report almost 80% of immigrant victims were scared to report their abuse to the police. Three out of four advocates said their immigrant clients had concerns about pursuing their cases in court, and almost half said they worked with survivors who dropped civil and criminal cases out of fear. This fear is completely reasonable. There have been thousands of formal complaints of child abuse at ICE detention centers. Between 2012 and 2019, ICE mistakenly arrested and detained more than 1,480 U.S. citizens. In some cases, such as that of Davino Watson, who spent more than three years in immigrant detention, these baseless arrests have resulted in lengthy detentions or deportations. By ICE's own admission, nearly one in 20 people they detained are US citizens. They only get those kinds of numbers by thinking anyone who isn't white doesn't belong here. But during this pandemic, ICE continued conducting raids and deportations and lying about the number of people dying in their custody. At a time when many of us are rightfully devastated by the Supreme Court's assault on reproductive freedom, we may recall it's been less than three years since we learned about forced hysterectomies of people held in ICE detention centers. This is a chillingly familiar threat to human rights. We have a moral obligation to put every possible obstacle between the people who live in our community and the ICE concentration camps in our country. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mel.
0: Is that everyone? Okay. Are there any questions for um, Sanctuary Alliance? Okay. Um, Let's make sure there's no public comment in the room. (laughs)
9: Good evening. My name is Joe Harrington. Um, And, you know, I've been thinking about this issue issue for a while and thinking about it in the larger uh, context of what's going on right now. And, you know, this town was founded by people who were willing to resist unjust laws Um, Just up the street from me is an old stone stone barn where John Brown took people from a a place of great danger to a a place of freedom uh, through stopping at that barn overnight in Lawrence. And, you know, I look at what's this Supreme Court decisions over the last week or 10 days and what I've been hearing from the January 6th hearings and the anti-immigrant sentiment that's been sweeping the country. And I see this as part of a creeping authoritarianism that's going to require each of us to stand up to it and to resist it and to push back against it. And that will require some courage. It will require time, money, uh, risk but I really encourage you to do everything you can to resist this unjust state law. Thank you very much.
11: My name's Michael. I like his shirt because that's where I'm thinking. I was, my, my seed was brought here by immigrants as was the son of Finkel Dye, the daughter of Shipley and the daughter of Larson. So there's at least three board members there that were, their families made the choices to come here. Ms. Sellers and Mr. Little I don't know any about your background and I don't want to assume that you were brought here willingly, but as a tall white male who was an immigrant at one time in his past and who has illegal immigrants in his past, I sent each of you an email just a couple minutes ago with a screenshot of a text or a tweet that was sent out after our present president had described several countries as quote shithole countries, unquote. The former FBI director James Comey tweeted out, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these. The homeless, the tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. He closed that with this, is, this country's greatness and its true genius lies in its diversity. And I think everybody has said the same thing, that we're, we're yielding to political powers here and not following what we really truly should be standing for. Lawrence sparked the civil war over freedom of an entire population. How about we spark another civil war? A mental civil war, a legal civil war over what's right for immigrants. That's it. Have a good night.
0: Thank you. It looks like that's everyone in the room. Um, Sherry, is there anyone online who would like to give public comment? there's no additional comments mayor okay um that brings us back to the commission um any more questions or comments discussion I'll, I'll throw a little something out there to, apropos of nothing since everybody's interested in talking about the history of Lawrence. Um, uh, <laughs> white people coming to Kansas. Fighting over black people to the eternal detriment of indigenous people. So I appreciate when everyone brings up what our background is, but we we really haven't um, resolved or or been clear with ourselves in our narrative about what Lawrence is and isn't. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I I get I get a little upset when we just leave out the indigenous people in that conversation. Any anything actually appropriate to the conversation. (laughs)
12: I think everyone's looking at me because they want me to talk so I don't mm-hmm. know if that's out of, of fear or oh, yes. to, to to put me out oh I'll <laughs> give me a mic I'll always have something to say um, you know and you know in the, in the work that I do you know I, I spend a lot of time looking at laws looking at statutes and looking at regulations and um, my job consists of me reviewing regulations, ensuring that they are not only meeting um, current best practices, but that they are doing what they are authorized to do in state law and that they are still relevant to the environment of which they are um, providing protection, health and safety for. And so that work never stops um, or else I wouldn't have a job um so i i i i I see that that just that's something to remind me of as a commissioner that this work never stops, and that as we continue to see changes and we're approached with um creating new ordinances, amending ordinances repealing or revoking ordinances that this work never stops um in reading the law in one of the sections and specifically in section six the last half of that paragraph has a point that speaks to several points that um, our partners brought up and it states that if a court finds that a municipality or any other person or entity has violated is violating or is about to violate any provision of this act, the court shall enjoin the municipality person or entity comply with this act. And I know that we've had legal interpretation of what enjoin may mean um, or what that could mean, but again, that's, a, that's one individual's interpretation, one that may not be in the capacity of executing that interpretation. And so, I truly believe that as an elected official, as one of five commissioners up here, that regardless of vote, I don't I don't give up. And I'm not going to give up. And that doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to ensure that our community is safe and welcoming. If others believe that, then that's up to them. But I read this as saying that by not complying, that could be taken away from me. And if it does, so be it. Um, But I would rather be here representing our community and fighting and engaging in our community to ensure that not only are we being safe and welcoming, but that we maintain a sense of connectedness, that I am being a good steward of our coffers and that we are being that we are doing the things that we set forth in our strategic plan, but most importantly, for this community. And so, you know, I, I, st- I, I lean on that to say taking a stand is by saying, I'm going to continue to fight, no matter how I choose to vote. You may see that differently, but I don't, because I'm committed to this work. Now, it'll be up to the voters if they decide that they want me to maintain that and maintain this office to do that. But as it stands right now, I'm committed to doing this work and I'm can i committed to staying in this position to do that work. And by doing something different than that, I may put that at risk. And I believe that this community chose to vote us in to do that good work, to work together to do that. And so that's where I stand on. And that's what I believe in. And that's what I'm gonna continue to do. The process continues. I don't, it's up to us to decide, it's up to the community to decide what that looks like. But the work continues.
3: Well, I'll go. Um, This makes me really sad. We worked on this for two years.
2: Lacey, you were in there, Muriel, Alex. There was a lot of compromise, a lot of discussion. Very heartfelt. And I thought we really came up with a good ordinance. So it's just, it's, it's, and the state can come in. In one swoop, it's
3: gone. They can change it. Thank you. But that does not, what we have to do tonight.
2: Or what we choose or not choose to do tonight. I don't know how it's going to vote, how the vote's going to come out. It does not change who we are. It does not change our strategic plan of being a welcoming welcoming community. But I agree with Commissioner Sellers regarding one part of the state law that um, basically states that we could have actions taken against us individually. Um, And so for that reason, I'm going to vote to pass the new ordinance under the advice of our legal counsel, but make no mistake,
3: this is hard.
13: I would agree with my fellow commissioners. Um, We'll we'll still maintain our safe and welcoming um, mentality. And that's who we are. Um, this isn't easy. Um, it is a struggle, but um, this is,
3: <clears throat>
13: this is one of those situations where um, I, Yeah,
3: it's
13: it's a very sad day, but as Vice Mayor Larson said, under the direction of our city attorneys, and as our position as elected officials, I feel it would behoove us to go ahead and amend the the ordinance to be under compliance under under the the state statute, as it were, but um I just wanted to reiterate that that doesn't take away who we are and what we fight for and what we believe, and we will continue to do that.
1: I just echo the commissioners I mean I certainly supported and endorsed the ordinance as it you when we passed it a couple of years ago, and I still think it's better than what we'll probably going to pass tonight but um you know we've been put in a difficult situation and i agree with my commissioners and i think we have a commission that's going to continue to fight you know to be a welcoming community and and that's what i hope to do as well
0: um thanks everyone um i want to thank the sanctuary alliance for continuing to fight and pledging to fight locally state and federal level um, I also expect continued community work with local law enforcement on the best practices uh, to protect our um, community members. And I also think as a commission, because we really don't uh, take advantage of our agency with our um, state and federal representatives maybe in a way we could. So I would certainly recommend that we consider that more in the future than we have. Is that all the discussion? Then I would entertain a motion.
2: I move to adopt on first and second reading ordinance number 9920.
0: Second. I have a first and second. All those in favor?
2: Aye. Aye.
0: All those opposed. Aye. That passes four to one. Uh, Bear, can you st- I didn't hear the, the nays. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the nays. Uh nay. <laughs> that passes four to one. Uh that brings us to our adjournment. Do you have any motions? Move to adjourn. Uh I have a first and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Passes five to zero. Oh! Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think that was very not annoying. <laughs>